good to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Man. Oh, do we got a great show planned tonight. Ben Kenny is here. Yes, old friend Ben Kenny. He'll join us from Philly. We got to talk about Graham Mertz, Brewers, Phillies this weekend, Badgers, game one. We got a lot to discuss with Ben. So he's coming up in about a half hour. First, we're going to talk about some of the wet and wild things that happened this week. Let's start in Hollywood, right? The town. Uh, between the writer's strike and last night's Spectrum blackout, Bob Iger and Disney, they're having a rough go right now. And according to a new job posting that went public today, Disney is looking to hire a senior executive to handle PR during this crisis. Now, this new position wasn't plan A for CEO Bob Iger, however. Plan A, which was rejected by the Disney board of directors, was a $6 concession voucher and a Paige Sporonic bobblehead for every writer affected by the strike. I know. I know. Man, why wouldn't they go for that? It's so silly. All right, and in politics, on the Hill, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell had another episode this week, freezing at the podium while answering questions from reporters. Now, some doctors have posited that he might be experiencing small strokes. Other doctors are unsure. But diagnosis aside, we can all agree that old man, he looked like Bryce Harbor in the batter's box against Hobie Milner. Huh? He was, fr- he, he was frozen. Oh, poor bastard. He didn't know what to do. We got a great show. And he hit him. This game is tied on a hit by pitch by none other than Mark Canna. My goodness. What a way to tie it. How about that? This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. I spent a lot of time this afternoon thinking about Mark Canna. I don't know why. I just I was looking at some reverse splits. Looking at fan graphs, sabermetrics, that kind of thing. I just I don't know. Just thinking a lot about Mark Canna this afternoon. Feel like that guy's gonna be a big part of Craig Tember. Imagine, oh, waking up day one of Craig Tember. There, there's few better feelings. It's a little bit like waking up on Christmas morning, except Craig Tember's better because Craig Tember has 30 days and not just one. Although I think the Christmas season lasts a couple weeks. Krogist finally coming to an end. Craig Tember just getting fired up. I was thinking a lot about Mark Canna today. I feel like he's going to be a big part of the stretch run. And maybe Josh Donaldson. Who knows? To to be determined. We shall see. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you're having an awesome Friday. Never, never, ever, ever, ever miss a Friday show. Ever. Especially when Ben Kenny is on a Friday show. He's going to be here at 4.30. Uh, I told Ben... I told Ben, well, we could talk Phillies and Brewers. We could talk about the Badgers getting started this weekend. Graham Mertz played last night. Nebraska played. That was like all of Ben's things. Like if Ben were to play a set at a festival, if he had to do an hour, Ben's going on stage for an hour. What were the hits that Ben would play? Uh, Badgers football, uh, Graham Mertz, uh, Nebraska football, and the Phils. We'll, we'll hit them all in a matter of 15 minutes or so with Ben. He's coming up at 4.30. And I asked him, it's like, you want to do 4.30? You want to do 5.30? What time works? And he said 4.30, which is 5.30 his time, uh, because he has uh, plans for beers at 6, which I can relate to. I have some plans uh, for beers of my own right after the show, but not until the show is done. I do want to talk about a couple things related to the Bucks. 
uh, that I was thinking maybe we get to yesterday and we didn't. Some things related to the Packers as well. Lots to get to tonight. 608-321-1670 if you want to be a part of tonight's show. That's the number to call. You can also find me on Twitter at Wisco Grant. Uh, easy way to get in touch with the show. Send me a DM. Send me a tweet. If you don't have time to commit to a phone call or maybe you just you don't want to call. I get it. But I am on Twitter at Wisco Grant uh, if you want to get involved. Last night was a blast. Let's start with last night. I'm talking college football. Yeah. Yeah. Grant talks about college football. It's 2023. Brand new year. Brand new me. We're going to talk a lot of college football this year. And by that. I don't, you know, maybe a couple times a week, and that's that's about it. Because still Packers, still Brewers, uh, Bucks, NBA, college football is a little bit down the ladder for me, but it's climbing every year, little by little by little. We get a tailgate at the red zone tomorrow before the Badgers open up against Buffalo. Uh, so it's a college football-y mood, especially with the Brewers off last night. Could watch actual week one, week zero this last weekend. Although it's funny that Nebraska football was integral to week zero last year, uh, playing Northwestern. And then this year, not integral to week zero, but integral to week one and the Thursday night game last night, of course, against Minnesota, a little bit of a rivalry game in the Big Ten West. Last night was a great reminder of the power of football in the United States of America, in the USA. I mean, if you ever need a reminder, if you ever need evidence that football is the sport and none of the sports even come close, baseball, basketball, even when those sports are at their best, still don't come close to football. And I love baseball, love basketball, but this country's love affair with football is is on a level higher than any other sport, maybe than any other thing, period. Football is the thing, and last night's a great example. We watched Minnesota and Nebraska basically go scoreless for over three hours, and we ate it up like dogs at a, at a, at a, at a dish. Just munching up every dumb turnover, every dumb punt, every five-minute commercial break, every minute of the 45-minute halftime. Maybe one of my biggest pet peeves in sports is the length of a college football halftime. Drives me up a wall. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. It takes way too long. You can, you can almost fit a you can almost fit a college basketball game in halftime of a college football game. Programming idea for some of these sport networks, maybe. That's an idea. Just hit me up. Uh, I came up with it first. We're watching an awful game between Minnesota and Nebraska, eating it up. And then we're watching Utah with a backup quarterback. Cam Rising looks, the hair, the facial hair, he looks fantastic, by the way. Play against Florida, who's not good, and they're starting a quarterback that left his previous school for not being good. Now he's there, Graham Mertz. We were all at Monks last night in Sun Prairie for Temple and Heilprin. Outstanding first show, by the way. I'm already looking forward to next week. Uh, some great conversations, some of which I want to actually talk about in a little bit. Graham Mertz and something that Jesse Temple said last night that made me think of Jordan Love. So we'll go from college football to the Packers in a little bit. But we were at Monks for Temple in Heilprin last night. It felt like the Packers were on because everyone in the bar was dying to see what Graham Mertz was going to do. Every Graham Mertz throw, every Graham Mertz rollout, every Graham Mertz scramble, every hit that he took. Everyone in the bar, living and dying with every single play. I felt like I was watching a Packer game. It was electric, right? We were all the the Leo the Leo DiCaprio meme where he's sitting in the recliner with a can of beer and he points at the TV. Like, I've, seen, I've seen this one before. That's from, I guess, Back to the Future. I've seen this one. Right? Sitting at home, pointing at our TVs, deja vu of, of years of Graham Mertz as a Badgers quarterback. It did look strikingly similar, didn't it? I thought there was an outside possibility turning on that game last night that we were going to see some version of Graham Mertz that 
had a little extra oomph, a little extra get up and go, a little extra juice. I, I don't know. I, I was I was unsure of what we were going to see. There was part of me that thought, I don't know, maybe Graham Mertz needed a change of scenery. And maybe he is going to look like the quarterback that we all thought he would be when he was first recruited and, and first committed to Wisconsin. No, he looked exactly the same. He looked, he looked exactly the same. Missing throws on third down, missing guys with deep passes, taking massive hits. There's no quarterback who takes hits quite like Graham Mertz. You know what I mean? You ever watch Graham Mertz take hits? It's like, how does someone who runs so little... And does so little. It's not like he's creating big plays and extending plays. Graham Mertz just gets lit up for some reason. I don't know why. He just does. He had that fumble on, was it a third down run or a fourth down run in the first quarter? It was earlier in the game. Just got lit up. Fumbled the ball forward. The team ended up picking the first down. I think it was on like third and eight, third and nine. And Graham Mertz just gets popped. And then he always like limps around. He looks hurt, but he never is. The Graham Mertz experience. He got to live it again last night. It was pretty cool. He was like, we got to step out of our universe and step into the, the universe of Florida Gator fans. By the way, I, I did spend a lot of time searching Mertz in bed last night and looking at tweets related to Graham Mertz just to see what people were saying. Very reminiscent of tweets about him at Wisconsin. A lot of people complaining about him. And then everyone else is like, he wasn't great, but it wasn't all his fault. It's like, I'm glad to be out of that crowd. Uh, no more for Graham Mertz. Me, Tanner, Mordecai, and, and whatever else the Badgers throw out there. I got home from Temple and Heilprin, watched the second half of Nebraska-Minnesota, like I said, after a 40-minute halftime. Uh, here's the drive summary for the third and fourth quarters. Ready? Uh, touchdown to open the second half from Nebraska, then punt, punt, interception, field goal, punt, 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 fumble, touchdown, interception, field goal. Man, Nebraska, it's the, it's the same thing all the time with them. They're up 10-3 to in a game where no one can do anything. They get the ball back, up seven again, with two minutes left in the fourth quarter. They possess the ball, I should say, until two minutes left in the fourth quarter, at which point they fumble, proceed to give up a touchdown, then proceed to throw an interception, then proceed to give up the game-winning field goal. I I don't know what it is with Nebraska. One would think that their their luck in one-score games has to turn around at some point, but... Been going a couple years now, and uh, their luck in one-score games has not changed. 608-321-1670. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hey, Grant. Ed. Ed, what's going on, you son of a gun? I'm uh, I'm oh. having a beer with your weightlifting partner tonight right after the show. Well, he's, he's definitely got some stuff to talk about. I know that. I He said he, he had some I... big things cooking. I'm excited. Uh, did he not invite you? I'm actually got to work till eight. I'd love to come and join you. He didn't invite me, but he probably didn't think I had time. Well, well, that's that's pretty rude of him to assume, don't you think? I'm going to have to hit him up. Maybe maybe I will join you after all. Well, you know what they say about assumptions. They make an, make an ass out of you and me. That's why Drake doesn't respect assumptions, as he once rapped. I'm, I'm a little bit like Drake. So, yeah, send him a text. I would love to do that. That would be, that would be outstanding. Yeah, yeah. What a way to start my weekend. No kidding. Did you watch any college football last night? I did. I was really disheartened that ESPN is not being very uh, forthcoming because Disney bought out and has always had the rights of ESPN. We don't have ESPN through our Spectrum um, serve, um, um, company. Yeah. So I didn't get to see the finishing of the, that game. And I did, I saw a little bit of the Nebraska game. Um, was I impressed? No. Um, <laughs> at all. But you were entertained, um, weren't you? You you ate up yes, every second of that game. Yep. 
I did, but well, I didn't get to see the end because I got home, and it's kind of a we're we're not in football mode in my household till next uh, weekend when the Packers kick off. Okay. I'm going to the game tomorrow. Sweat my brains out. I'm gonna have a little air conditioned fan around my neck to keep me so I don't overheat. Uh, Drink so water. I don't want you cramping up tomorrow. That's a rookie mistake this time of year. <laughs> Chime in on something. It's kind of it's a two prong. Um, it's Packers Badgers. Okay. Uh, okay. Football. Yeah. Um, around here, I think a lot of people are suffering from um, assessment and obsession. Okay. Um, there's an over assessment going on with both teams. It just seems like everybody's trying to do this prediction of how Jordan Love is going to probably not do well, or or the team is so young, that therefore they shall flounder. And maybe show some hope of of uh, of progress, but then, but still, they're just gonna they're gonna just kind of like fumble the ball away, or they're gonna drop passes, and they're gonna make Jordan Love look foolish. It's kind of like I get I get kind of tired of it. I don't know. It's over analysisation. Um, so I I don't know how you feel when you have people calling in. Obviously, you want to listen to everybody, and everybody has an opinion. But even it's not the people that call in. It's the people that are running their shows around here, mm. overanalyzing mm. the ups and downs and the ins and outs. And they never probably played a down in their entire life. Well, that's the thing. And I mean, have they even played the game? Probably not. And I played some as a youth in high school. As that doesn't youth. make me like I know more. <laughs> but the point is I'm trying to make here is there's got to be a level of either you're in it to win it, or you're just going to sit back and be doubtful all the time. If you go on life being that way, how could you possibly get ahead in life? And I don't mean to sound so, um, what's the word? Um, trying to sound so like I'm a scholar here, but come on, life is, throws you many curveballs. We have to go with the ebbs and flows of the sport. As fanatics, which we all are. Yeah, fan is short for fanatic. Good, re- good reminder. Yes, yes, yes. But the point I'm trying to make here is, I don't want to analyze. I want to just enjoy the season. Yeah. In and out, up and down. We're going to go with the flow. It's like a roller coaster ride. It might be great. It might suck. We might want to throw up a couple times. You know, but the point is, I just would like fans to take a step back and sort of like not put out that negative mojo out there that brings back negative results. I think we all just got to be positive. I know that sounds really weird and I sound really too, no, too off the cuff here, but. No. Well, here, 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 Ed, let me, let me climb up onto the soapbox with you. I I understand how you're feeling. I do. I think it's the combination of uh, Luke Fickle taking over and we've waited what feels like almost a year to see him finally coach a game. So we're we're excited and we want to talk about it, but what are we going to talk about? They haven't played a game yet. So we, it's like we chase our tail as sports fans. We're having the same conversations over and over. And that's the same with the Packers and Jordan Love. Cause ever since Aaron Rodgers back in March announced that he intends to play for the jets, we've started talking about love. We've been talking about him ever since we've said the same arguments and the same takes over and over and over again. And we haven't seen him play a game yet. So that's why we need week one for the Badgers and, and the Packers both. I feel you, Ed. I got to take a break because I got to keep the train on the track today. We got Ben Kenny who expects a call promptly at 430. And if I'm late, he's going to be upset. You know, Ben, he's a professional. So I, uh, I do yeah, have to move on, Ed. Thank you, buddy. Through, uh, maybe I'll see you tonight. Yeah, hell yeah. Send, send Gasper a text. That'll boy, that'll boy. Get, get on Gasper's case. I can't believe he didn't invite Ed. Let's take a three-minute break. 
A little time on the other side of the break for a couple calls. And I have one point that Jesse Temple so so eloquently made on uh, Temple and Heilprin last night. It applies to both Graham Mertz, who we watched last evening, and Jordan Love. That's coming up next. Wisco Sports Show, back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, excited to get Ben Kenny on the horn here in about 10 minutes. He's a WIP in Philly. Bryce Harper was on WIP yesterday afternoon. Bryce Harper was moved by a caller named Chuck. Chuck in Mount Airy. He hit a home run specifically because he heard Chuck call into WIP. So I guess I'm just raising the bar for all of you just a little bit. Uh, like if if one of you could motivate a, a Brewers player, a Packers player to do something and then get them to shout out you and the show in their press conference, I would really appreciate it. It'd be great pub for the show. I don't know who uh, who the best vessel for that is. Maybe if we can get Eric on I-90 to motivate Mark Canna to hit a grand slam or, you know, something like that. I don't know. Just just spitballing. We'll talk about that with Ben, but also Brewers Phillies this week. So we'll get the lowdown on the Phils. A little bit of an eye on the enemy situation there. Uh, and also I want to hear his thoughts on Graham Mertz and the start of the college football season as well. Last night, Minnesota and Nebraska. Just an awful game. It was just awful football. But we all ate it up because we love football and it was the only game on. 608-321-1670. Mr. Roller, that's Cone Roller, is here. Cone, good evening. Good evening, Grant. Happy Friday. Fins up. Fins up. Appreciate that. Fins up to you as well. Did you watch college football last night? That I think there should be no way that Nebraska-Minnesota is a standalone game on a Thursday night. I think, I mean, but look, I mean, college football has their consumers right where they want them. You know, they can give you a pile of dog poop and... You know, the consumers will think it's, you know, French chocolate cake because what we saw last night was just pathetic, but it's football. You know, our bar is kind of low. It's Big Ten West. I also, the other reason I don't like a Big Ten West game being standalone is because you get all these college football writers being like, this is Big Ten West football. It's like, yeah, like we don't know. We watch every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. Yeah. So, you know, we, we've been through it. We know this is Big Ten football. So, you know, shut up, please. Yeah, what's the what's the line from Batman? Like, I was born in the dark. I was molded by it. Like, we watch this every week. Like, don't treat our right. life, don't treat our culture as your punchline, okay? You don't get to waltz in here once a year when our teams are on standalone Thursday night, you know, primetime Fox with Joel Klatt and Gus Johnson and mock our culture. This is our our livelihood. This is our conference. It's a good take. Yeah. Right, exactly. So that, that got me a little frustrated. But then on the flip side, I was just loving watching Graham Mertz suck it up. That was just hilarious. And it was kind of like when Hornybrook went to Florida State. You kind of just were along for the ride. You got entertainment out of it. You thought it was funny when he sucked. And that's how I felt last night watching Graham Mertz. So also, why the heck is he wearing number 15? Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. We're, we're losing ourselves a little bit as a society. Uh, with football numbers it started by you know linebackers wearing single digit numbers running back wearing single digit numbers but i I, slippery slope because this is out of control right but also i like when a d lineman in college is wearing a single digit number because i think that just means that they're really good in my opinion you should have to earn it yeah i agree with that those things are earned not not taken but yeah I'll, i'll i'll agree with you on that yeah that makes sense 
Yeah, but, you know, good call from Ed and Madison. I thought, um, you know, good for him to remind us that, that fan is short for fanatic. Correct, yep. But I think he got a little preachy and telling people how to fan, which I just I just can't accept that because fan is short for fanatic. We can act however the heck we want, and for Ed to say we need to calm down, that's a little ridiculous to me. Yeah, Ed, maybe we don't all want to come down. We we all fan differently, okay? We have to remember that. And I know it is sh- fan is short for fanatic, but fanatic that presents in many different ways. I don't know. Ed Ed seems, you know, he he's a little on the older side, I think. He's seen things, he's learned to ride the ups and downs and and kind of roll with the punches whereas maybe some younger fans they're ready to go, they're excited, they're amped up. That's uh, a good take. I don't like telling people how to fan cone. I I agree. Sorry, Ed. You know, yeah, nothing against that personally, just his take. I I just didn't like. Um, But last thing, I guess, my my, there are a few joys left in this life. And one of the best joys is when on sports radio, when your team is playing a different team that you bring in an opposing broadcast that covers that team and have a little crosstalk. Yeah, there that is a a simple joy in life that I hope never goes away. I am the enemy forward to hearing. uh, Looking forward to hearing Ben Kenny. I hope you got a landline directly to his East Coast ivory tower. Um, but, yeah, interested to hear Philly talk, college football talk, and let's go. Appreciate you, Cone. Have a good weekend. Ben's up. Yep. You too, Grant. Go Badgers. Go Badgers. I do. Uh, thank you for pointing that out, Cone. I do have a direct line, a landline for, for best audio quality, and it does go direct to Ben's ivory. His, his ivory tower. His coastal elite ivory tower. One more call, uh, and then I have one thing that I want to share with you. Heard uh, heard it from Jesse Temple last night on T- Temple in Heilprin. I think it's worth talking about, but first, one more call. 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show, who's this? Hey, Grant. Clemhead Mike. I knew it. I should have trusted my gut. I was going to say, I bet this is Clemhead Mike, and I, I doubted myself. I got to learn not to do that. Well, I think uh, Cohen and I have a loss. On, well, normally it's one and two, but today we're two and three, so it's you know, good to change up our routine just a little bit. Keep yeah. life fresh. I like that. But yeah. uh, that's one of the most profound things I've ever heard you say. Don't make our culture your punchline. You know, the, the elitist sports writers on the East and West Coast have been doing that for decades, like making fun of us people in the Midwest. Screw you guys. <laughs> I think we you're right. We live this lifestyle like. It's too bad we don't like it. Yeah, and now um, and now here in, in the Midwest, we're just trying to, you know, turn on our, our cable. We're trying to turn on Spectrum and watch our sports. And now, you know, the, us, the common man, we're getting the short end of the stick because millionaires and billionaires are fighting over television rights. The fat cats at Spectrum and the fat cats at Disney. A writer strike isn't enough for them. Now they need to pull our content so we can't watch our football. Right. Yeah, ESPN got too expensive. Uh, they released all the talented people and kept all the political idiots and uh yeah, and then, okay, they release all these uh, high-paid people on ESPN, and then they sign McAfee for, what, $20 million a year or whatever it was? Uh, <sighs> life makes no sense sometimes. But How is McAfee, I, by the way? Have you been following that? I, he blocked me on Twitter. I, it's like Pat McAfee does not exist. I used to see show clips every day, and, see, and I, I forget that his show is even on anymore because he blocked me on Twitter. You probably accidentally said something bad about him, and he got this little feelings hurt i don't know but uh he's a, he's a puncher for christ's sake shut up yeah, classic, um, classic media everyone's so sensitive <laughs> i was just going to ask you a question did i hear you say in bill michael show today that are you going to be around lake wasota area today you know mike i might be tomorrow uh so my buddies are having a bachelor party and they rented out a house on lake wasota 
So I was going to stop okay. tomorrow after. I have no clue where it is. I don't know any of the details. I'm just going to roll up with a six-pack tomorrow and, and see what the deal is. So I don't really know. Yeah. Okay. What do we have to do? If, if you had a group of young men who are looking to have a great time around Lake Wissota, what would you recommend? Well, I'd probably go to the view. That's where all the young people hang out. Um, oh, okay. They got the big deck outside, and it's right, right on the water. It's kind of nice. I do love that. Yeah. I love um, being on the water. The edge, I think the older people go to the edge. I live right across the river from the edge. I don't live on the water. I have the one block off the water. Um, yeah. Oh, did you go out and see the super blue moon Thursday night? I did. I I saw it on my drive home from a, a buddy's house. And you know what I, I thought when I was looking at it is it, it looked cold. It looked like, you know, when you go outside in October, November, kind of around deer yeah. hunting season and, and the sky, the moon, it, it just looks cold. I thought for the first time all summer, I looked up into the sky and I'm like, ooh, it looks looks chilly. And it got down, I think, mid-50s the other night, but it looked cold. It looked like a winter sky. Yeah, we, we went over to Lake Wissota Yacht Club and watched it from there. It was right above the lake and you had the, the shimmering light right on the lake. It was it was pretty awesome, actually. You know, it starts out orange and then it turns white. It was pretty cool. So it won't happen again until 2037, so we can't for wait. sure you'll be around. Yeah, I don't know if I will. <laughs> oh, Mike, you're not going anywhere. What are you talking about, a spring pretty, chicken like I'm you? Old. Living on the water yeah, well, extends yeah. your life so much. That's why Jimmy Buffett's never yeah. going to die. <laughs> yeah, well, at my age, at my age, I don't even buy green bananas anymore. So, you know, I, I don't want them to go to waste. <laughs> why, why bother? Uh, any plans for the weekend before I let you go? we got to get to our, our coastal elite guest, Ben Kenny. Oh geez, it is getting late. Um, no, I, I I just I just closed up all the windows, turned the AC on, we're looking to four four days of hell, and, uh, and I don't know. <laughs> I know so, it won't bother you, Mike. You're not soft. You'll probably go out and mow the lawn or cut some lumber up uh, in the yard or something. I did that yesterday. I did that yesterday. Just uh, just a preemptive strike. That a boy. Get it done now. You can enjoy the weekend. Well, I appreciate you. I don't want to run, Mike, but I, I have to because you know Ben. Oh, he's, you do. he's a prima donna. Hard up against the break. Hard up against Reagan, hard up against the guests. So yeah, right, right. Uh, have a good weekend. Yeah, you're hard up against a great weekend. Have a good three days off, Mike. Mike in Chippewa Falls. I'm going to be around Lake Wissota tomorrow. Mike, I could be right next door to Mike. I never know. I'm going to have to keep an eye out for him. Let's take a five-minute break. We'll come back. Ben Kenny on the horn. little eye on the enemy. And Cone is right. There are very few pleasures in life. But one is sports radio when you get the crosstalk guest previewing a big series. We'll get the eye on the enemy from Ben Kenny, WIP, friend of show, friend of network, He'll join the Wisco Sports Show next. Back in five minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. I want to share with you one little tidbit that we heard from uh, Mr. Jesse Temple last night. He's talking about Graham Mertz, and he made a point that I think also applies to Jordan Love. Uh, Hopefully has nothing to do with the quality of both players. We hope that Jordan Love is good, unlike Graham Mertz. But one part of their game that I I thought last night, I was like, oh, we should talk about that tomorrow. So we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, Temple and Heilprin started their their fall run last night. That was a blast. College football is now back. Brewers, Phillies this weekend. I, I can think of no better range of topics to discuss uh, with Ben Kenny from Sports Radio WIP. Ben, welcome back. It's good to hear your voice. Grant, did I correctly hear that you're going in a break talking about hard on? Hard wait, what did I say? Yeah, you're you're hard on, you're hard into a break talking oh. about hard on. <laughs> I'm hard I'm hard up against hard up against a break. And that's why I love a lot of my callers is they're very uh they're very time conscious. 
So they'll start to feel me wanting to wrap up the conversation, and then they'll say, oh, we're hard up. We're woefully late for a break. I can tell you, yeah, all you right. got you got to go. That's all you, man. That's good caller development. That, that means you're doing something right. They're, they're coming up through the system. They're getting their yeah. reps, you know. They're getting there. Yeah, we were uh, we were hard up. Now everyone, and it started as just us, like, paying homage to Bill, but now everyone says woefully late for a break, which is maybe, I want that on a T-shirt. <laughs> oh, my God. That's awesome. Did That's you great. watch? I hope, by the way, yes. real quick, yes. I, I hope Jordan Love is not Graham Mertz. I'm very interested into yeah. what that is. That's a good team. The, the NFC is um is crummy enough already. Dude, what if Caleb Williams goes to the AFC? This That, w- that would suck. The NFC is. Well, it'd be great for your Eagles. I mean, they're just dominating yeah. everyone. I'm scared Caleb Williams is going to go to Arizona and get, get corrupted by Jonathan Gannon, whatever the hell is going on out there. <laughs> okay, so... God. So I actually, that's another thing that we need to talk about is Jonathan Gannon. I want to talk about the Phillies and maybe the Eagles in a couple minutes, but I would not be doing my job if I didn't ask you about Graham Mertz and what you saw last night with Florida and Utah and then a Big Ten West special as a standalone game in Minnesota-Nebraska. What did you think last night? Well, I thought that there was good football played, and that was on Fox, and then there was football played on ESPN with Florida-Utah. Listen, I, I sat, I had a beer, I watched the Florida game, at least the start of it, until I got out of hand. And I could not help but think about how intensely therapeutic and beneficial it is to both my mind and I think the minds of Badgers fans to watch Graham Mertz play for another team. Yeah. To enter it without the preconceived, like we want him to be good and we thought he was going to be good, just to watch it and, and not even care about how it goes because it's exhilarating. And you do kind of see, it's like you finally see the light. You're like, oh, that's why everyone has been saying that you can't win with him at quarterback. Oh, my God. You know, it it just felt so similar. Like, every little thing I saw, I was like, oh, oh my God, we did this for years. And what's funny is, before bed last night, I, I typed in Mertz search into Twitter, and even the tweets were the same. Like, half of the tweets were people blasting Graham Mertz, and the other half of the tweets were like, yeah, guys, Mertz wasn't great, but it wasn't all his fault. There were issues everywhere. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's the same. Everything is the same, even the tweets. He set his career high in passing yards. Didn't he have like that? Don't well, look that terrible. What was he like? Thirty-three for forty-one or something like that. It wasn't actually that yeah. bad. Uh, but but watch it. But it's like if you have eyes and you watched it. Yeah. First of all, the the checkdowns on third and twelve were driving like that's a completion for five yards. But yeah. guess what, dude? It's third and twelve, and you're checking it down to a running back. And then the entire second half, like every defense did against Wisconsin for three years, they just paid no respect to him being able to throw it more than ten yards. And then. All right, credit to the Florida offensive staff. They found creative ways to toss the ball to good players that ran forward, and that's where all his yards came from. Like, it, the throw, oh, I, I just, it, it was awesome. I, I can't describe how awesome it was to, to be able to separate ourselves from that experience. And I'm happy it's not happening again here. Also. Yeah, I was at uh, Monk's last night for the live show with a, with a couple of my WOZN counterparts, and the whole bar, it, it, Ben, it was like we had a Packer game on the TV. Everyone in the bar was living and dying with every throw, with every hit he took. I, there was someone going up. is like, can you please take the Packer preseason NFL Network game off and put it on an extra TV? Like, everyone was so dialed into it. I've never quite experienced anything like it. It was um, it was tremendous. And now we got the Badgers that open their season on Saturday with the rest of the Big Ten. Do you have any thoughts on the Badgers opener or, or the Big Ten at large as the season gets underway? Um, I, I do. The final note on last night, I think Paul Christ was the big winner. Yeah. 
aside from all of the things that went wrong because of maybe some mistakes he made, I mean, you got to think. I posted the picture. It's like Ben Simmons watching the Sixers lose after he left. <laughs> He's like, you see everybody? That's what's going on. Um, but no, uh, great game, 13 to 10. Like, can he ask for anything more out of the first Gus Johnson, Joel Klatt game right. of the year? Right. Um, there's no way. I know they won. I texted it to Zach before the Nebraska choked. But Minnesota's not winning the West. I like I, I like Cali McManus. I think he can be good. Their team might be okay, but there's something just so uninspiring about how they play. And maybe that's what Wisconsin was like for years. I, I don't know. I was inspired by it. Tomorrow, I, I don't know. I'm entering with like Buffalo's in the MAC. They won a bowl game. They, they're not a they're not the biggest pushover in the country, but they're a top 100 team in SB plus. They lost most of their team from last year. I do think it's a perfect, it's a perfect uh, setting, and it's like a if you have a blank canvas and you're Fickle and Longo, it's like the perfect setting to to paint the picture of what you want it to be. Sure. It's going to be hot. There's no weather question, which you know I've brought up in the past. Oh, and, damn right. And and the spring game was not great offensively, and everyone wanted it to be great. This is the perfect like Buffalo's defense is bad. It's the perfect setting to just go off and continue all the excitement and all the momentum. I'm very excited. I was talking with Bill earlier today about some of the the new features at Camp Randall, some of the new menu items. There's advanced screening, so the the, the reports, uh, the sources are telling me that it shouldn't take any longer to get into the stadium. I'll believe that when I see it, and with an early kickoff, uh, we might be having a student section conversation uh, come Tuesday. I hope that's not the case, but I, I know how sports radio in this uh, in the state works. We're talking with Ben Kenny, Sports Radio WIP in Philly. Let's talk Brewers Phils. The Phillies have taken off in the last couple of weeks because the first part of the summer, all you did was be miserable at the Phillies and they can't hit and they can't do this and they can't that. Well, they've taken off. They're winning games. And Bryce Harper is shouting out callers of your station in his postgame press conference. It's got to be just magical to be a Phillies fan right now. It's been a fever dream of a month. Really go back to the beginning of August when Trey Turner was, you know, a replacement level shortstop. I know Willie Adamas has struggled out there. Trey Turner was having a Willie Adamas type season, which right after you get that big contract, that's obviously part of it, but uh, the mood around was negative. My station starts the whole movement for a standing ovation. I was at that game uh, and he ended up hitting a single, but then the rest of the month, he ends up hitting 370 and suddenly he's Trey Turner again. And you have a no hitter thrown in there. Lorenzen, who, by the way, 130 pitches. And then he hasn't looked like the same pitcher since then. And he's at a career high. So, like I said, during it, maybe wouldn't have pushed him all the way, uh, even though I know the morning guys on that station took a victory lap because he finished the no-hitter. But it's been, like, it's been a complete fever dream. Um, Harper and really all the stars just suddenly have started hitting the crap out of the baseball. And I was there on Wednesday. Harper hits his 300th home run, and they end up blowing the game, of course, because you can't have all nice things. It's just like the, the love affair. It's hard to describe the love affair between the town and one star who plays into it a lot, obviously. But I do think it's really genuine. Uh, And not only is he an amazing baseball player, but he goes so far out of his way to make everybody watching and everyone that's a fan of his feel like they're part of it, which in sports I I think matters. And then, yeah, he hit a home run and said he was listening to our afternoon show at WIP and got fired up about a caller who is probably the craziest caller on our station, who I love and he's entertaining, but he isn't like the model of, 
oh yeah, that guy was saying great things about me. Yeah. It's like, no, it was sandwiched in between talking crap about the Cowboys, calling him beat a bum. He happened to say that he liked Bryce Harper. And then Harper <laughs> goes deep and shout out to Chuck and Don Airy. That was incredible. It was, it was cool to see the press conference and then both of them on air together the other day. Phillies Brewers this weekend, Zach Wheeler, Freddie Peralta tonight, and it will be tomorrow. They're bringing them out of the mothballs, Colin Ray, and then Wade Miley gets the ball on Sunday. Uh, what are what do we need to know about your Phillies, and, and do you need to know anything, if anything, about our Brewers going into this weekend? I do need to low down on Colin Ray, because I'll be on tomorrow before the game, and I, as I said to you off air, it's a true, like, uh, Shaq, not familiar with your game kind of moment. <laughs> so, I've, I've read his name a lot, never seen him pitch uh, up to this point. But here, I, I mean, we're confident because the team's playing great, but the how the pitchers line up, I, I know Freddie Peralta's been awesome, but Wheeler is by far the best pitcher on the team, and he's been great. And then Aaron Nola, who's had a bad season, the last three starts he's been out there, he's looked like his old self. So there's confidence that with those two guys going Friday, Saturday, that hopefully they can they can take the first two or get off on a on a good note. And then Ranger Suarez returns on Sunday, and I, he's been incredible, but he's been very hurt this season. So that's the question. But it, it's really we see it kind of as a measuring stick because they've beaten up on a lot of bad teams, the, the Cardinals, the Angels, uh, they've had the Nationals and the Royals in here. Mm-hmm. It's a measuring stick road trip because they go to Milwaukee and then San Diego, so they can take four out of six in these next six games, then everybody knows that it's it's really real. But, I mean, the Brewers, despite what their offense does, are, are clearly not a joke. So I, there's there's confidence, but there's some there's some trepidation, I'd say, going into the weekend. Oh, that's, that's fair. That's understandable. Colin Ray is basically Jason Alexander, but slightly better, but not by much. Don't, don't get it twisted. But, not, not by much. Colin Ray, you could basically guarantee, he filled in most of the season when there was an injury to Brandon Woodruff. You could basically guarantee five innings and three or fewer runs. Every time. There was never a meltdown game. There was never a meltdown spot. But I've been okay not watching him the last couple of weeks, and I'm not thrilled about him being back at the major league level and making a start on Saturday against the Phillies to boot. So he's like Jason Alexander, but young, and you think he can maybe get better. Uh, I actually don't know how old he is. They, they've gone, like, they they have a couple young guys, like Ethan Small and um, Aaron Ashby's been hurt. They've just been throwing Colin Ray this year. And, and Ben, every time he started, every time he showed up on the lineup card and I'd turn on a game and he'd be starting, I'm like, we're still doing this? Like, I thought this was supposed to be, <laughs> like, a couple weeks. How is he still making starts? It's August. Um, so you get to see, oh, what, surely he'll be fresh. I mean, he's been in the minors. They, they haven't been working him too hard the last couple weeks, so hopefully that helps. But the Brewers got shut down the last two days by Justin Steele, go figure, oh. and Kyle Hendricks because seeing Kyle Hendricks in his 89-mile-an-hour fastball for the 50th time, they see him every other series. They still don't know how to hit it. <laughs> yeah. Give me I, – I I know everyone there agrees. I, I'm so – I'm fine. Like, the Cubs take him away. I, I'm good. All this, like, like, they're playing good baseball. Awesome. They are going to get absolutely wiped off the face of the earth when they get into the playoffs. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm good with all this Cubs stuff, but um, I also noticed our guy Wade Miley's going Sunday, mm-hmm. and I, I I mean I've I've submitted enough formal apologies to, uh, from ripping the signing when it first happened, but uh, color me somewhat surprised that he is still doing what he's doing. Sunday's game is on Peacock. Do you have Peacock? I don't have Peacock. I, I'm going to need to watch that game on Sunday afternoon. Wade Miley versus Ranger Suarez. It's on Peacock is what ESPN's doing. Oh, 
that is a class. Both of those guys are just just crafty lefties. They'll maybe touch like ninety one or ninety two. <laughs> They'll paint the corners, nibble nibble the a, corners. Yep, thank you. Yep, you uh, that's gonna be a good midday Sunday. No, uh, I always get my free trial of Peacock when the U.S. Open starts, and then I end up realizing that I already used it, so I pay for it for a week. Um, so we'll see. I, I might resort to the, uh, the the old website, or I think I. If you're in market, you can watch the game. Oh, word? Really? Well, that was a question. And oh. I don't think the listeners really care. <laughs> no, no. I had a, One of Bill's callers called me today to ask how to watch Sunday's game. And I'm like, dude, I don't know. Oh. I don't have Peacock. You tell me. <laughs> I don't know. Why, why are you asking? They come to me for advice. I don't, man. I don't know. Well, I got to let you go, Ben. But Labor Day, what, what, what does one do in Philly during Labor Day? Because Wisconsin, you know, go to the cabin one last time. Maybe you're out on the lake. What, what is Labor Day like in Philly? Well, uh, all the friends are down the shore, as we say, even nice. though you go somewhat uh, direction, like you go exactly east, I believe, and mm-hmm. a little north to the shore. It's mm-hmm. in Jersey. Like you're not going down anywhere, but we call it down the shore. Yeah. Um, I'm working tomorrow, and I'm working Sunday, and I'm working Monday. Oh, nice. So there you go. Nose of the grindstone. That doesn't surprise me at all. Ben, thank you. Have an awesome weekend. I appreciate you. All right, buddy. Have a good one. Be well. Take care. Ben Kenny, WIP. I just can't believe they got a player and not just any player. They got Bryce Harper who listens to their station to hit a home run and then shout out the caller that motivated him to hit the home run and then go on the afternoon show and and have crosstalk with the caller. Imagine this. Imagine if Christian Yelich hit a massive home run in a game and then in his postgame press conference said, yeah, you know what? I listen to the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Phillips every day. He's always right about Craig Council. He's got very good Brewers takes. And uh, and that Vagabond John guy, he really lit a fire under my ass. And now all of a sudden we have Christian Yelich on the show talking to Vagabond John. Just putting me to shame over there, WIP. We appreciate Ben Kenny. He's on Twitter, at Ben Z. Kenny. Let's take a three-minute break. We'll come back, wrap up the first hour of the Wisco Sports Show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, wrapping up hour number one. We appreciate Ben Kenny. Thank you for your time, Ben. Follow him on Twitter at Ben Z Kenny. Need a little eye on the enemy, talking about the Brewers' opponent over the weekend uh, and what's going on with the Phillies. They've had a very good month, but so have the Brewers, at least up until the last game against the Cubs. But two games does not make a month. Two games does not define, you know, even a week or two weeks. They had two close games and a real windy game in Chicago or a windy windy pair of games in Chicago with aces on the mound. Don't don't let that don't let that drag you into the weekend. If the Brewers lose two of three this weekend or they get swept out by the Phils, well, we'll have that conversation next week. No need to have it right now. I was listening to Temple and Heilprin last night, and I was listening to Jesse Temple talk about Graham Mertz and the story of Paul Christ reportedly talking to the staff at Florida and saying, hey, Graham's good. You know, we didn't do right by him in this way and that way. We misused him in this way and in that way, basically helping out Graham Mertz a little bit and getting him another starting job. And something that Jesse was talking about during Temple and Heilprin last night was how Graham Mertz in college, or in in high school rather, didn't really line up under center. He was in shotgun, he was in the pistol, everything was spread out. 
Graham Mertz comes to Wisconsin and all of a sudden is lining up under center. And I think to a lot of football casuals or even just football fans, of which I am one, I never played football, never played quarterback. We understand that that's uh, not a natural thing for a quarterback to do. Right, we get that, right? We we get that if you're not used to lining up under center and if you're not used to spinning back and play faking with the ball, play action and rolling out and turning your back to the defense, if you're not used to that, it's not just like it's not like riding a bike where you do it once and all of a sudden you got it down. It's a completely different brand of of orchestrating an offense and playing football. And Jesse told the story of when he went to watch Graham Mertz it, it practice and, and in, you know, weekend seven on seven things during high school and, and watching him take reps from under center. And it was like watching a baby deer. Like he needed to fix the angle of the ball. He needed to work on this thing and that thing. And the other thing, like he had, he had so much work to do. And I thought, well, okay, well, no wonder Graham Mertz didn't succeed at, at Wisconsin. Graham Mertz was not that good. And they weren't really running the offense that was specialized for him in the, in the offense that he ran in college. So I bring this up, not because I really care that much about Graham Mertz, although last night was fun. I bring it up because I'm thinking about Jordan Love. Jordan Love did not line up under center in college. Spread out, shotgun, pistol. And Jordan Love for the last three years, and we heard this from Mike Clements and others who have joined the show, Jordan Love's been working on smoothening that out. It's not an easy, it's not a natural thing to do if you've never done it before. So Jordan Love been working on that. And, and the more I read that, the more I hear about that, it makes me feel good. I also wonder how more snaps under center will impact other members of the the Packers offense. Like, does that give A.J. Dillon a great advantage that he hasn't had the last couple of years? If Jordan Love's going to be lining up under center, that changes the look, that changes the flow of the play. Does it change it for the better for A.J. Dillon? I think he's always been better with a couple yards to, to build up speed, not running out of the shotgun. I'm just thinking of... of Lining up under center versus not lining up under center. That approach for some quarterbacks versus others. It's effect on the offense and everyone else. We'll keep talking about that next. Wisco Sports Show back in two minutes. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. I was hoping that Ben Kenny would ask me about Colin Ray, who's going to start for the Brewers tomorrow. Uh, Zach Wheeler and Freddie Peralta two guys who are pitching as well as anybody right now. They're pitching tonight. I was hoping that Ben Kenny would ask me about Colin Ray. He's like Jason Alexander, except slightly better. And Ben, who's all too familiar with Jason Alexander, basically said, oh, so he's he's younger. No, he's not. And I didn't want to Google it while I was on the phone with Ben, but uh, Bobby and Eau Claire tweets in uh, and and reminds us, Colin Ray's 33. Is that true? Watch. I know Bobby could be messing with me. Colin Ray age. Because I know he's on the older side. Yeah, he's he's 33. They're not developing some young prospect. No, Colin Ray's 33. And th- that start would probably be going to Aaron Ashby. He'd probably be getting those innings and those those outings, those starts. But he's been hurt all year. So it's been a little bit of a, a missed year, a washed year for Aaron Ashby and Eric Lauer, who's just like, we don't talk about Eric Lauer. 
I keep comparing him to Rosemary Kennedy. He just went away and we're not really talking about it or, or asking about it. Just let it be. Don't say anything. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you're having an awesome Friday night. You never miss a Friday show. Appreciate everybody who's been a part of the show so far. Just thinking about what I heard Jesse Temple say last night on Temple and, and Heilprin. You know, like it's not natural for a quarterback to line up under center and be good and be fluid if they haven't done it before. And that was certainly a part of, I think, Graham Mertz's struggles at Wisconsin. And that's something we need to consider with Jordan Love, who didn't line up under center in college, but not natural to him. And he's going to be asked to do that a lot in Matt LaFleur's offense. He's been working on it slowly, the tiny little details, the footwork. And if he's able to successfully conduct an offense while lining up under center, you know, what does that do for A.J. Dillon? What does that do for the offensive line? What does that do for this guy, that guy? Um, and, and that's why one department, I think it's fair to say, we will see Matt LaFleur's offense this year. Uh, well, we're going to see a lot more, I think, formations that originate from under center. And that's not unfair to Rodgers or LaFleur. Rodgers just didn't like it. They didn't do it. But Jordan Love doesn't really have the cachet to say, well, I don't want to do that. Well, if you want to play, you know, that's that's you're going to play. 608, you're going to do it that way. 608-321-1670. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? This is Vagabond John calling in from I-90. How are we doing? Ooh, Vagabond John on I-90. Look at you and Eric. Two peas in a pod today. Oh, wait. I, I take that back. Are we on 90 or 94? Well, they, they oh, yeah, we're on, we're on 90. We're going north. We're going north. And, and you know, I was thinking to myself, they're pretty much the same while I was on hold, you know, waiting. Like, they're pretty much the same highway. But, Grant, you you have a really strong take talking about 94 and the various exits between Madison and La Crosse, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Going north it is awful as soon as you're north of Portage. I'm looking at all these exits because we're looking at, you know, we're thinking, ah, it's getting close to dinner time. Should we stop for a fish fry? Should we stop at a quick trip? What do we got? Every exit going north Portage yep. is a VP gas station or a Sitco. Yeah. Sometimes both. You got a subway. Yeah. You've got an adult film slash toy shop. <laughs> Correct. And you've got a motel that looks like it likely shut down twelve years ago, but it's definitely still open. That's, yeah, that's, that's what, why that's what we're dealing with. That's why when you're when you're going from Milwaukee towards the Twin Cities, if you're traveling westbound on 94, you really need to hit the DeForest exits on the west side of Madison because once you get a pass outside of Madison, you don't really have the quick trips as an option for a long time, at least until you get to Mostyn, which is a bit. Otherwise, you're going to end up with BPs and shells and like, you know, Sam's Deli. You go in there and get fried chicken or whatever. You're not dealing with your traditional I-94 exit fare in that window. So you do have to pick your spots. You're correct. Yeah, going north, it's uh, the equivalent to Mosta would be Stevens Point. That's the first sign of civilization. I don't know how anybody would live in this middle ground. Nothing like the bustling metropolis of Hurley. Let me tell you what. Silver wow. Street is going to be exciting tonight. But wanted to call in, called into the morning show this morning, kind of, uh, you know, I was taking it. I've been tarred and feathered for my Nebraska takes after last night, even though I think if you watch that game uh, with a football eye, you're seeing that Nebraska clearly has a better team for whatever reason, you know, they just don't have discipline. And I guess at the end of the day, their coach, uh, Rule, he's a Penn State guy. And if there's anybody that's not going to have great discipline off the field, it's going to be Penn State, you know what I mean? So, yeah, uh, nice. That's where, I, that's where I'm at there. But with Graham Mertz, 
the uh, fascinating that we've been talking so much about Jonathan Taylor and Graham Mertz leading up to uh, a football season <laughs> that, you know, with our two teams doesn't really involve either of them uh, yet. But with, with Mertz, my thing with him out of high school and watching a little bit of his highlight tapes is that it's great, right? Four-star kid playing for an elite high school. And this is my problem with high school quarterbacks right now. You watch his highlight tape, and he's not moving, and he's throwing from a pocket that doesn't have anybody, you know, you could you could put a balloon around him or a tent, a circus tent around him, and there's no defenders even close to him. I, mean, I, I bet you you could count the number of times Graham Burt's got tackled with your fingers and toes in high school football games. Yeah. Uh, just because, you know, they're playing for these elite schools until you get to the playoffs, he's got a couple games, but... You know, he's just never been hit. And he watched the game last night. He watched the first half. And first drives, whatever, first drives of the season, a couple kinks. But then at the end of the first quarter, into the early second quarter, he's actually throwing some pretty good balls. I texted my buddy. I'm like, hey, he's actually looking pretty good. He's got 100 yards in the first quarter. He's on pace for 400 yards. He's actually looking okay. And then he starts getting hit. And this dude just crumbles as soon as there's pressure. So that's my take. I, I think the under-center thing's probably also a factor, but we just have these quarterbacks that are growing up in systems at elite high schools that don't expose them, you know, because they're all worried about injuring their NFL arm, and they, uh, you know, it's all perfect until they get punched in the mouth. But are you saying he's a seven-on-seven merchant? Because that's what I'm hearing. Yeah, I mean, go back to what you see at summer camps, right? Oh, man, yeah. he looks incredible. Well, there's nobody around. I mean, it's like a dude hitting threes uh, in a pickup game with absolutely nobody, right, in warm-ups, and then you get to the pickup game, and every single shot is, oh, my bad, because, oh, yeah, now there's a hand in the face of someone playing defense. So, yeah. Grammar feels like when he gets to the game time, he's a my bad type of guy, you know? Oh, my bad, I'll get the next one. Well, come on, guy. Yeah, I am. Um, the thing that blows me away most about Graham Mertz, and I was talking with our friend Zach Heilprint last night about this, is he gets hit more than any quarterback gets hit, and he doesn't run a lot. There's not, there's no design runs for him. He's not that big of a scrambler. The dude just gets leveled all the time. He takes two or three hits a game where you're like, ooh, you wince, and he gets up limping, but he, he never leaves the game. Like, he just gets beat up, and I don't know why. I don't know how. Yeah, he's just... <laughs> There's the guys that know how to fall, and then there's the guys that don't. And, you know, in that respect, he kind of feels a little bit like Tua down in Miami, where it's just they're not used to getting hit. They're playing for elite institutions all the time, and then all of a sudden when they start getting hit, they don't really know how to fall. Uh, it kind of feels like Graham Mertz a little bit. But anyways, it's very fascinating to me that Graham Mertz and Jonathan Taylor have taken over Wisconsin Sports Talk this, uh, this week. Well, it's, you know, it's a, it's a fun little thing to talk about some guys. Yeah, I want to talk about Jonathan Taylor in a bit. Vagabond John, I appreciate you. Enjoy your weekend up north. Yes, sir. I'll talk to you soon. Enjoy Hurley and enjoy your travels along uh, 94. Yeah, you got to stop on uh, DeForest. Go exit 126, uh, County Road V, I believe it is, right by the DeForest Water Tower. Basically everything at that exit you could want. Uh, and then you're you're kind of hunkering down and you're waiting until... Moston, I guess, but I mean, honestly, Eau Claire is really the next really, really good place with lots of options. It's a lot of exits like Linden Station, not to cast dispersions at Linden Station, but it's like, hey, here's a BP. And on the other side of the, the interstate, on the other side of the exit, there's a shell and there might be a McDonald's connected to one of them. But, you know, 
the McDonald's attached to the gas station doesn't hit quite as good as the standalone McDonald's. Which, by the way, I got McDonald's breakfast this morning. I got a lot of McDonald's breakfast when I was on vacation about a month ago, and I, I, I need to I need to wean myself off. God, is it good. And now that I'm I'm plugged into the McDonald's app, my, my buddy got me into the app. Now I'm saving money, too. I'm, I'm getting these deals, and I'm getting in and out of the parking lot even faster. I, I have a problem. I need to shake it. Yeah, today is the Graham Mertz Jonathan Taylor Wisco Sports Show special. <laughs> I'm not saying that Graham Mertz wasn't good at Wisconsin because they didn't run an offense tailored to him. I, I think Vagabond John makes some very good points about being elite in high school, playing elite seven-on-seven camps, playing with great protection, uh, where nobody's really trying to hit the quarterback because it's really all about the quarterback. And that's just why professional sports are so hard. That's why it's the 1% of the 1% of the 1% is because the high school level, only 1% of people are good enough to be Graham Mertz and elevate past that level. And as soon as they elevate past that level, now it's only 1% at the next level are good enough. There's dozens of Graham Mertzes, dozens. And as soon as those dozens take the step up, they're like, oh, well, now we're getting hit. Now we're playing outside where it's cold sometimes. Right now I'm dealing with a nagging arm injury. I've never had to deal with a nagging injury before. Right now I'm, I'm on a team that's not used to winning every game by 30 points. And, there, and there's locker room dynamics about wins and losses. It's just everything gets moved up a notch at every level. There's dozens of Graham Mertzes all around the country. They level up. Maybe one of them becomes a good college quarterback. And then of the, the dozen or so really good NFL or college quarterbacks, maybe one of them ends up to be good in the pros. It's just... It, the system from one level to the next to the next just goes to show how hard it is to play that position because each level throws a, a, a new group of challenges, a new gr- roadblocks and speed bumps, and, and very few make it through. And we talk about this, right, with with, with uh, high school sports and scholarships where it's 1% of people and then 1% of 1% and 1% of 1%. Uh, Graham Merce is a great example of that dynamic. 608-321-1670. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Ridge Runner Mark, how we doing, sir? Ridge Runner Mark, two days in a row. What a pleasure. What's going on, friend? Uh, we were just talking to Vagabond John about Graham Mertz, and uh, I immediately thought of the opposite. You know how you comp a quarterback? Well, he's like this quarterback. Here's the opposite comp for Graham Mertz, Brett Favre. Yeah. I say that because there were years where he'd start a game and he'd look awful. He'd be throwing rocket balls. He'd be missing guys, whatever it was. He got blasted once, sacked, he'd get up, and then all of a sudden he's a different quarterback. He needed to just get kind of knocked in the punched in the mouth, and he's like, oh, wait, we're playing football. And then he had a great game, which is the opposite of what Vagabond John has kind of talked about Graham Mertz. Once he gets hit, he goes into his shell. He can't focus. He can't do whatever. He's, he's hearing the footsteps behind him, and he can't, he can't do his job. I was, that's immediately what I thought of. He's the inverse Brett Favre. That's really funny. I don't know if I've ever heard anyone say that, Ridge Runner Mark. I, I think you've come up with a perfect take that I've never heard anyone say before. He's the inverse Brett Favre. I did see Evan Flood, a uh, friend of show, tweet that last night, Ridge Runner Mark. He's like, this is the Graham story. He's fine, and he can spin the ball, and he's got the skills, and you can tell he's got something. Yep. But as soon as he gets hit once, it just crumbles. Yeah, and if he's never experienced that, at, like they're saying in college, in high school or college, then he doesn't know how to, to get out of that. And if sure. he doesn't have a coach to coach him up on that, then he's never will. And who knows? Maybe the Florida Gators will figure that out, but uh, I don't know. 
I don't know if going to the SEC was wise for Graham Mertz. I, I, maybe he didn't have his pick of the litter, but that's what a couple of me and my friends were talking about last night. It's like, this guy signed up for the SEC? This guy? Who couldn't hack it in the Big Ten West? Ridge runner, Mark. He's going right. to the nastiest conference in college football. Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it remains to be seen. I mean, I, I always look at the, the bright side of things. Not if boy. he can get coached up where he can figure that out, where he can figure out that, oh, there's, there's my mental block. I need to not care when I get hit and then just keep doing what I'm doing, rinse and repeat, he'd be fine. But if that's really his biggest problem, then, you know, he may never get over that. Mental game is probably the worst thing to get over in a sport. Physical, yeah, sure, you blow out a knee, that's one thing, but you can always rehab that. Rehabbing the mind and your mental game, not a lot of people either pay attention to it or have a way to get around it or get over it. That's why uh, there's a lot of money to be made. It's a big business of sports psychology these days, Ridge Runner Mark. I took a sports right. psychology class in uh, in college. It was very interesting right. the, where people like, especially, you know, golfers, baseball players, uh, more highly specialized, detailed sports. But sports psychology is a, a massive field right now. We're just beginning to kind of understand some of those things. Yeah, well, and you can apply it to everyday life, too. If, if you're not thinking about how yeah. you react to things or, or how you how your mind works, you're, you're going to be stuck in rut one way or the other. Yeah, I, I was going to say, us regular people, we have psychologists too. They're just called therapists. We, we just tell them our problems. <laughs> it's not related to, to performing at a high level or sinking a, a putt or, or being a great quarterback at the Division One level. It's just getting out of bed every morning. It's like, I need, I need my therapist to help me with that. So I suppose regular folks, we've had psychologists for a long time. It's, it's good that the, uh, the elite athletes finally get them as well. That's funny. I oh think I think regular Joe Schmo would probably be more open to seeing a therapist if he was if you treated it like a sports psychologist. Hey, <laughs> let's get you how to be your best prisoner yourself working there at Quick Trip and yeah. taking orders at one time. <laughs> I think that would be a better way to put it. More people be like, Yeah, I'll sign up for that. Heck yeah. Yeah. Work out my brain. Yeah. We're going to get after it. Like, like it's a physical workout. You need to treat it like you're going to the gym and you're getting together with your oh. personal trainer. Oh, Ridge Runner Mark. I think it's your best call ever. No, not saying that your other calls aren't good, but you, you've you really brought it today. What's got into you? Uh, I've got friends coming up, and there's going to be some fun. Uh, the best man at my wedding is going to camp out on my land. We're going to have some fun with his family, hanging out, uh, playing board games, drinking. It's going to be a good time. I knew it. I knew it. Well, I, I'm looking forward to that for you. Have a great weekend. I'm sure we'll talk soon. Yeah, take care, man. Appreciate you. Yeah, you as well. Ridge Runner Mark, he is the opposite Brett Favre. Damn. He just... He just gets hit once and it all falls apart where Favre needed to get hit to, like, shake out the cobwebs. All right, now we're playing football. Fine, I'm here. I'm I'm locked in. I'm ready. There's Graham Mertz gets hit once and it all comes crashing down. Look, I didn't think we were going to talk about Graham Mertz that much tonight. Um, it, it was interesting. It was validating watching him last night because within a quarter, within 15 minutes of watching him, I said, oh, there's that thing. Yep, there's that. I've seen this movie before. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. I know what this is. Yep. Because the nightmare was we watch him and it's like, oh, he's really good at that. Oh, my God. Look at it. He's so good at that. Why did the batters never ask him to do that? There was nothing new. There, there was nothing new. And again, I'm not cheering against the guy, but it was a very validating experience to watch him on another team and see all the same issues and see all the same things. And I was telling Ben Kenny back at 430, the tweets about him were the same. I went on Twitter before Ben. I'm like, oh, let's see what uh, the college football world and, and Gator fans, let's see what they're saying in Gainesville about Graham Mertz. And all the tweets look the same. Uh, half of the tweets, 50% of them, were like, 
Graham Mertz sucks ass. This guy is the worst. And then the other half was like, hey, guys, Graham Mertz wasn't good, but his offensive line was bad and his receivers were bad. Like, he didn't have any help. It's like, oh, my God, they're going through the same thing. It's the, it's the same experience. I'm glad it's it wasn't just us going nuts for a couple of, a couple of years there with Graham Mertz as our starter. Let's take one more call, and then we'll take a break. 608-321-1670. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hello, hello. Oh, is it on? It's Mike and Eau Claire, isn't it? He's listening out as Alexa. I, I, I bet you dollars to donuts. It's Mike and Eau Claire, not Uncle Packer, the other one. Let's take a break and see if we can't get that figured out. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Grant Bills, happy Friday. Fins up. Hope your week is wrapping up nicely. Looking forward to a solid three-day weekend. College football is back. Brewers, Phillies. Looking forward to that. And if you're just joining the show and you're like, huh, wonder what they've been discussing today. I'm just, I'm just kind of just kind of joining for the evening. Well, we talked to Ben Kenny, who used to be here in Madison, used to be on the Thrill Michael show every day from 10 to 2. Now he's at Sports Radio WIP in Philly. We did a little eye on the enemy. There's nothing better in sports radio than a little eye on the enemy. He gave us the Philly side. I explained to him what Colin Ray is. He laughed at me. It's fun being a Brewers fan. It's really fun. Yeah, Trey Turner. Oh, he figured it out. Oh, Willie Thomas had a nice week. So kind of the same, but not really at all. 608-321-1670. I believe Ken is still there. Ken, are you still there? Welcome. Ken? Hmm. Easy, easy. I'm uh, sorry. I'm t- oh, the, oh, there he, are you there, Ken? Uh, Curtis, Kurt. Oh, Kurt. I'm sorry, Kurt. Why did I remember your name is Ken? That's on me. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, I've never called before. But I, I mean, know. I, the only thing I wanted to mention was sounded like a lot of the people didn't even look at the second half of that Florida game. Because, I mean, Mertz was, was still in there trying to do the stuff and and the team did it was a team thing again the offensive line couldn't stay on side couldn't line up right i mean that's a coaching thing so i'm expecting them to be better during the rest of the season i mean i was impressed with the second half i mean i i fell asleep and i woke up it was half time and they were behind you know 17 to 3 and I said well what the hell happened you know but I saw him looking very respectable because except they kept having uh, coaching problems with people staying online on the Mm -hmm. you know uh, on the a lot of procedural issues, like false starts, guys moving early, right. or illegal yeah. formations. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, spoiling, spoiling their situations when they get close to a first down. You know, you got one yard to go. All of a sudden, they got six yards to go. And that and that's all I had to say. Mm-hmm. I mean, that the second half, he still was in there, and I thought he looked very respectful in the second half. 
you know. But I mean, it was late late at night. But I mean, I had it recorded on my phone so I could go back and look at it oh, uh, boy. at my leisure. So grind the yeah. tape. Well, you're not wrong, Kurt. You said your name is Kurt, right? I, and I called you Kent. Yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. Kurt. Uh, Graham Mertz finished 31 of 44, 333 yards, touchdown, a pick. Like I. I would look at that that line and say, I'm not bad. They had uh, 13 rushing yards on 21 attempts as a team. So this is this oh, yeah. is the Graham Mertz situation. Like, he's fine. And if Graham Mertz was the quarterback at Alabama, I would like to see that. I would like to see how good he could be if he had an elite team. But Wisconsin's not elite. Florida's not elite. And he's just not quite good yeah. enough to make up for all those mistakes that you were describing. Well, and the other thing they were talking about, I mean, uh, you had mentioned uh, or about he doesn't run enough. I mean, he did have some runs and some even purposeful runs for him. I mean, where he it was the call, you know. So I mean, he was uh, he, he's in that thing. But I, I, I'm just saying, I I think when the coaching staff gets with it, if they can, I think it's going to be an improved team as they go along. Um, and that's about all I had to say. No, I appreciate it. And I'm sorry I, I called you by the wrong name. Uh, but I'll get to know if you keep calling. Well, I appreciate uh, you, Kurt. Yeah. Okay. So I yeah, have my friend uh, Jeff, the Bears. Uh, <laughs> the oh. Bears. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, he and I were in the running club together, you know. The, Thick as thieves, the huh? Jeff, the Bears fan. Yeah. Our in, yeah, right. in lacrosse. Jeff, our, our Chicago right. correspondent. I love Jeff. Right. Yep. 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 Oh, I've funny. only known him for 30 years or so. Yeah. <laughs> and you say he's an okay, okay guy? Oh yes, he is. Okay, good, good. <laughs> uh, he was, he was, uh, he was president president of our club for a while at the uh, the running club. Yeah, well, he's a got lot a, of people who respect him. Yeah. yeah, he's got a good disposition for leadership. I, I believe that. I, that's a guy I trust. I'm glad that my uh, my instincts of him were correct. Hey, Kurt, I appreciate you. Have a good weekend. Okay, so long. Yeah, appreciate you, Kurt. Uh, there's a non-zero chance that that was Graham Mertz's grandfather. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, but he's not wrong, but this is, this is the grammar's issue. And this is why I keep mentioning Twitter because I went to bed last night and, and right before I did, I checked Twitter. I said, I, I wonder what they're tweeting about grammar's. And I, I typed in Mertz and then I hit search. And what I got was 50% of the tweets saying Mertz is awful. He sucks. He's bad. And then the other half of the tweets were like, well, Graham Mertz wasn't great tonight, but the offensive line was kind of, and then penalties and drops and all the other things. That's the thing. A quarterback is occasionally going to have to overcome for some poor protection or some some penalties, you know, or, or a dropped pass. And Graham Mertz just isn't good enough to do that. Graham Mertz is a fine quarterback. And if you have a perfect team around him that never makes any mistakes, you could probably win a ton of games. But as soon as he gets rattled, as soon as he, he gets off rhythm just a little bit, it all comes crashing down. But, Kurt, you're not wrong. Like, if you just look at the numbers, it 31 completions. 30, 30, 31 of 44 for 333 yards is a pretty absurd number. Like, that's less than 10 yards per completion, right? I'm doing that math correctly. A lot of, a lot of mid-range stuff, dinking, dunking, you know, game manager stuff, which is fine. But if you're going to be a game manager, the team around you has to be really good and, and special. And I mean, they had 13 rushing yards on 21 carries. That's horrible. He didn't have much help. 608-321-1670. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Is that you, Tamarcus? Hello? Hello, hello? Who's this? Hey, this is Friar Tuck. Who's that? I'm sorry? Friar Tuck. Friar Tuck. Man, we got lots of new callers today. I love this. What's going on, Tuck? Well, I listen to Ebo. I usually give him a couple calls every year around the spring training, and then I 
I'm a baseball man. I appreciate your show every night. I sit out on my deck and have a gin and tonic and listen. So I wish I could have a gin and tonic during oh, the show. I tell you, it's a beautiful night tonight. Oh, I bet it is. And I bet you like if you're a big baseball guy, then this for for a lot of the show, the summer, I bet you enjoy the show. I love talking I baseball. I certainly do. I certainly do. And I've got a couple. Can I just throw a couple Brewer questions in for you, please? Tonight? Do you think Bob Euchre is done this year? I know he was off the last homestand because of the—I think it was because of the heat. But do you think this is going to be his uh, last hurrah, these final few home games? Well, didn't he say earlier this year that this might be his his last year? I thought he made mention of it, and I saw people posting about it on on Twitter and Facebook. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, he's I, real old. We forget yeah, how old he, he actually is. He calls a great game. I mean, he has the history of baseball and everything, and. And the other question I sense is Milwaukee can't see it in their heart to give any money to the Brewers to try to keep them there, and the state ends up giving them money. What's the problem with calling on the Wisconsin Brewers? Ooh, if we're all funding it? Yes. That's an interesting take. We there's, should get naming there's rights. There's more breweries out of Milwaukee than there is in Milwaukee in the state. Interesting. Interesting. I Just don't know. for thought and see if anybody has anything to say about it. Well, I appreciate that. What would you say your name was one more time? What, Tuck? Friar Tuck. Friar Tuck. Well, I appreciate I'm an old retired time. boomer. I, lo- I love that. And are you enjoying a gin and tonic right now? I certainly am. I had to come in the house because of traffic with the interstate is so hard that I couldn't hear anything, so I oh. came in the house quick to give my make my call. Oh, God. But I, I want you to have a great weekend, and uh, I enjoy your show. Until next time. Oh, thank you. Until next time, Friar Tuck. I wish I, again, I wish I could sit on the porch and drink a gin and tonic from 4 to 6. Bill's got a studio in his house. Could I... Well, I'd need a porch. I don't have a porch. I have a balcony, but it sits above the parking lot, and it's you know, not exactly the best view. I could sit out there and drink a gin and tonic, but then my neighbors would just... My building's only two floors, so I, I'm sitting right above the parking lot. They just look up and be like, why is that knob drinking a G&T watching the cars park? Wouldn't exactly be scenic. The Wisconsin Brewers. I don't know. Milwaukee Brewers has such a good ring. That's probably because they've been named the Milwaukee Brewers forever. Well, if Wisconsin funds it, should we get Namer? Oh, that's interesting. I'm going to think about that until the wee hours. I'm going to be laying in bed at 2 in the morning tonight thinking about that Friar Tuck. One more call, and then we'll take our bottom of the hour break, come back, and uh, we can talk a little bit more football. But I actually have something that I want to bring up about the Bucks as well. 608-321-1670, Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Happy Friday, Grant. Fins up. It's Badger Bloody Reviews. Fins up, Badger Bloody. What the heck's going on? Hey, man, just enjoying this beautiful beautiful afternoon in madison and i cannot tell you how excited i am for the football season getting started we are all the way back baby you watched graham mertz last night everyone's talking about it yeah of course i watched and that was must see tv appointment television uh, although the the better game was uh you know the other one in terms of the actual um you know drama uh nebraska minnesota uh, nothing like a big 10 west game i tell you yeah, the rest of the country, I love when there's a standalone Big Ten West game and the rest of the country gets a, an inside look at what we deal with on a, on a week-to-week basis. I mean, it was, it was three to nothing for most of the game, and we're sitting on our couch, we're in a trance because it's the only football on, and we're so happy to have it back. And that's why football is king in this country and always will be. No kidding. Look no further than that awful game between Minnesota and Nebraska last night. Because we, we would watch that over a baseball game. We'd watch that over a basketball game. You could put the best basketball game on TV. We'd still watch Minnesota, Iowa, or Minnesota, Nebraska, or Northwestern because we love football. Oh, absolutely. And I think a lot of people, you know, I think I speak for a lot of other people when I say I have stopped 
paying much attention to what's been going on in baseball other than paying attention to the Brewers. Obviously, you know, we're still leading the division, looking to win that pennant. But it's like that uh, Toy Story meme where, uh, where he's dropping Buzz Lightyear. I don't want to play with you anymore. As soon as football's back, it can be the worst product ever. The whole country's all the way in. Yeah, I know. We got a, we got about a week left of unadulterated brewers action and then we got to mix it in with the with the packers and then it, uh, i don't know i i almost wish the baseball season would end just as the football season is starting up but the overlap is is kind of nice as well what you do you got I'm, oh. I'm gonna agree with you on that and i'm gonna go one step further nba season needs to start on christmas day yeah i mean i my life wouldn't change at all no one that's the thing no one's life would change at all if the nba started on christmas we'd go oh okay and then we would have no issue just waiting until christmas for it to start see all right let's start the petition change.com write it up we'll all sign it good to go <laughs> change.com while we're at it i'm also going to start a petition to, to make it so we can bring booze into camp randall hey i'll sign that one too with the quickness as long as they serve bloody mary's yeah no kidding are you getting to bloody somewhere this weekend before i let you go what, what do you got going on yeah catch me down on regent street i gotta shoot a review tomorrow uh, obviously i gotta celebrate the start of the uh, fickle administration here in madison haven't decided where yet probably going to be one of the standards uh, red zone jordan's big 10 uh luckies i don't know haven't decided yet well, stop by and see your guy, Ebo. I know you bumped into him in a Culver's. You can bump into him at the Red Zone tomorrow. Get him in his I review. Did, yeah, I'll, I'll even buy him a bloody if I run into him or do, maybe try to get him to buy me one. Do you do right, Do you I'll do? Uh, yeah, yeah. Have a, have a good one, Badger Bloody. I'll let you go. You bet. I, I love this show because all too often I'm trying to keep the callers longer than they want to stay. Like a lot of sports callers shows the host to be like, all right, I appreciate that, you know, usher the callers off the phone. Way too often it's me like, trying to keep the caller because i'm lonely in the studio and i'm like no no, no don't, don't don't go i want to keep i want to keep talking about the gins and tonics that you're having on your porch eau claire chris tweeted in at wisco grant if your neighbors knew about your cabinet situation they would fully understand you sitting out and watching cars park my snack cabinet my snack cabinet and my bedroom tv are, are nobody's business except for myself i don't understand the pushback i got with my snacks i, I make one video by the way, a video perfectly explaining something going on with the Packers. There's a great analogy, the snack cupboard. And what was it? Almonds, pita chips, tortilla chips. Um, I don't remember what. Do you guys have wet snacks? Like, I don't, I don't get it. Everyone was making fun of me because my snacks are so dry. Like, I would probably have a glass. If I was having chips or, or, or crackers and cheese, I'd probably have a glass of water. That doesn't mean I keep a jug of water in my snack cupboard. You guys are nuts, Okay. And oh, Claire, Chris, I, I know what Cone put you up to this because I know Cone and LaCroix are the patrollers of my snack cupboard. They won't let that die. Five minutes. We'll come back on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Happy Friday. Fins up. Got to spin some Jimmy Buffett in just a little bit, especially a three-day weekend, Labor Day weekend. 608-321-1670. If you'd like to call the show, I'm on Twitter, at Wisco Grant as well. If you don't want to commit to a phone call, but you just want to drop me a little note, you can do so on Twitter, 
at Wisco Grant. Jeremy and Scotty tweeting in with some commentary. A couple first-time callers there, uh, including <laughs> including Kurt, who called in to defend Graham Mertz. And, like, I'm laughing, but I don't think any part of his defense of Graham Mertz was unreasonable. The problem is, is it's not always going to be perfect. Like, Graham Mertz is never going to have perfect protection. Uh, he's never going to have a team that never makes mistakes. He's never not going to be hit. Right, the reality of playing college football is we need to expect a little bit more from our quarterback. And I think Vagabond John back towards five o'clock called in and they talked about how grammar it's in college, you know, it's or in high school. It's a lot of non-contact, perfect protection, seven on seven. That's just not what college football is like, especially in the Big Ten West. People are just beating the sand out of each other for three or four yards a play. And grammar it's never really seemed to get there. Um, and not even making it a, a Graham Mertz problem. That's that's the nature of going from high school sports to college sports and college sports to the pros is everyone's weeded out level by level by level. B- being successful in high school does not guarantee you anything in college and being successful in college doesn't guarantee you anything in the NFL. That's just the nature of professional sports and climbing from one level to the next. 608-321-670, Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Yeah, Darnell. Darnell the chump. Darnell, what's going on? Happy Friday. Happy Friday, Grant. I, I guess I just uh, I have to agree. I don't think that my man Graham Mertz looked all that bad. Um, I wasn't rooting for him or anything, and you know, I didn't really care how it ended up. But I think he just kind of looked like he did at Wisconsin, where it was like. Nothing spectacular. He made some made some plays. He missed some plays. You know, like it was it was just like mediocre. But I don't think that he played like complete garbage or anything. So do you do, did you think all the the things that you're saying now? Did you think all of those things about Jack Cohen, or did you think Jack Cohen was a step above what Graham Mertz was for the Badgers? Well, so Jack Cohen could win. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> not really, but continue. Had, well, he so he Jack Cohen had this like ability to, even if it didn't look pretty, he got the job done. Whereas Graham Mertz would try and look too pretty, okay, and would I think that would cost him. Um, Jack Cohen obviously kind of put the screws to Graham Mertz a couple years ago, so he already won that debate. I think in my mind, <laughs> but uh, I, I mean. Hey, what, what can you even say? All I really care about now is does Tanner Mordecai look better than Graham Mertz now, right? We move on from one and we get a new one. Does he look better tomorrow than Graham Mertz did yesterday? Well, it's a whole group of – it's a whole new group of weapons. Graham Mertz's weapons were never anything that impressive. He never had an, an elite number one wide receiver. He never had a deep group of guys. You know, Jake Ferguson I, was was fine a couple of years ago. I, I feel like Tanner Mordecai is going to have a, a stable of much better weapons this year. I, I get that, but I, I also I I hate to, but I have to disagree with you there, Grant. That's fine. I think that he had he had like p- potential NFL talent on his team. Like he had Quintez Cephas, who ended up playing a role on the Lions. You know, he had Kendrick Pryor, he had Reggie Love, Jazz Peavy. He had like you know like he had people that had speed. They had they had this athletic ability. It, they didn't pan out obviously in, in some cases, but 
I, I think that I think that saying, oh, well, Graham Mertz never had weapons isn't really a fair point, especially considering Jake Ferguson ended up getting drafted by the Cowboys, and he's obviously Barry Alvarez's grandson. Well, so well, yeah, I mean, obviously, that, that goes without <laughs> saying, is he's definitely Barry Alvarez's grandson. I just, I don't know. I, I, I didn't see a lot of guys on the team with Graham Mertz at the wide receiver position that could create something out of nothing. Like, nothing happened on the Badgers' offense if it wasn't created perfectly by Graham Mertz. And that's just a really hard way to live. It's it's a hard reality where if your quarterback is not 100% perfect and the protection is 100% perfect, and there's no penalties and there's no drops, then it can work. Well, that's it's just an impossible way to play football. Well, I, I guess I would ask then, what has what has given you the idea now? And and I'm just playing devil's advocate here because I do think that they will be much improved as an offense this year. Um, what gives you the idea that now they have those position players that can be the difference makers? Well, right? they got like, they got transfers. They went out and got, they went aggressively got different guys. You know? Uh, yeah, they they did, but they they went and got guys that weren't working in their systems, right? So, sure. I mean, I mean, I, I'm all for, like, let's go find this former five-star recruit, right? That's, that is what we've been asking Wisconsin to do for, like, 20 years. C.J. Right? Williams, like, yeah. Go actually do stuff and try and make the team better if you can, especially using the transfer portal and NIL and all this, right? But they finally did it. It's just a matter of, is this going to work out in a Russell Wilson way or a Danny O'Brien way? You know what I mean? Well, if it works out in a, I don't know, Russell Wilson. Here's the thing. Russell Wilson went on to be an NFL quarterback that won a Super Bowl. So now when we look back at the Russell Wilson year, we're like, oh, my God, they had this great. And Russell Wilson was very good, but the rest of the team was excellent as well. And, and like, I think we look back on that Russell Wilson year now, like, even, even more glowingly than we used to. And I think it's because of what we've seen Russell Wilson do in the NFL. I don't, I don't. I, like, can Tanner Mordecai come in and simply be very good? Because that's kind of what I thought of Russell Wilson at the time. We don't need someone to come in and reinvent the wheel. Just come in and be good to very good. And I think Mordecai can well, do that. I think I actually look back on the 2011 season with worse and worse views on it as time goes on because the more, like, NFL talent and stuff that was on that team, they absolutely should have ended up in – like BCS conversations, you know yeah. what I mean? Like I know they went to the Rose Bowl and the whole fiasco against Oregon, right? They yeah. had such a good team and they lost on two Hail Marys. Like yeah. that was such a disappointment to me, but yeah, what are you going to do? Nothing you can do. We can, you know, go back and talk about the fact you want to talk about the 2014 NFC championship game while we're here too. just flush it all out of our system. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> if a, if just one of those things years. would have gone differently. It's just one of those things. I mean, we've had this conversation a million times. I know, I know. But, like, 2011 is the Russell Wilson year. 2011 was also the NLDS 2011 uh, Brewers year, too, yep. where they crapped out in the playoffs against, against what, the, NL, uh, the St. Louis yeah, the Cardinals, Cards. right? Yeah. Gee, that was a bad year. And then follow that up with the Packers going 15-1 and that year and then losing it in the – Giants game, like uh, that was a bad year, like just a bad year. It was a good year that turned bad, I suppose. Yeah, sorry, it yeah. was it was a good year. It was a promising year that just broke every Wisconsin Badger fan and Packer fan and Brewer fan, broke everybody's hearts. So, yeah. thank you, Nard, picking 
continuum or whatever Ebo says. Nut kick continuum. Now I'm with you. Darnell, you coming to the red zone tomorrow? I am. I will be there. Oh, no way. Well, have a good time. Have a good weekend. Appreciate you as always. You have a good one, Grant. Darnell the Chump calls to us in Madison. Yeah, I need to go back and I would need to think more about the 2011 season. I'm not prepared to give 2011 takes. I can't do that. I'm not qualified. Not qualified for that. One more call and then we'll take our last break. Let's go sports show. Who's this? Eau Claire Chris. Eau Claire Chris? Oh, you're the one hassling me about my oh, snack cupboard on long, Twitter. Long time tweeter, first time caller. Which I love. It's nice to meet you voice to voice. Yeah, I know. Big shout out to Darnell for bringing the show down. You thought he brought the show uh, down? <laughs> Just the rehash of every heartbreak that we've ever had. Yeah. Yeah, you'll have that on uh, this bigger job. I know. I, I did want to point out a couple of things about Mertz. I mean, yes, he did not have the weapons. At the same time, you can't validate Chris for it because he won the starting job. Yeah, and then he threw five touchdowns against Illinois. Like, are we going to go back and say that Paul Chris made the wrong move? I, I'm, I'm not. I, know. I can't. It's not fair. Exactly. He, and he won the job for it, and then it suffered the rest of the season for us. You know, he doesn't have the weapons. Well, it's not all on. It's all not all on Mertz, but well, sometimes it is. And then if you look back also on Love, Love has had, what, three seasons to learn he wasn't in the shotgun, or he was always in the shotgun, never under center. He's had three seasons to learn this. Mertz did not, not defending it, but at the same time, Mertz won it. I'm kind of torn in between. Yeah. You know, do do you validate Mertz because he didn't have the time to learn the position, or do you say, yeah, Chris kind of messed up, throwing him in that spot that he didn't know how to you Mertz, know, work with. Mertz had time. I'm not saying Mertz got a raw deal. Um, Mertz had opportunities to succeed and didn't really rise to the occasion. I, I also think, you know, is anyone mistaking Paul Christ and then his staff in his final couple of years? Are, is anyone mistaking them for creative and, 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 you know, ingenuity? Like I'm not. And I don't think their weapons were great. Like I was talking about with Darnell. I, they were fine. Yeah. They had a fine quarterback in a fine situation and the results were fine but for a program and a fan base that's used to winning the west and going to indian and being in in top 10 top 15 consideration in the ap top 25 fine is enough finds a nightmare which is why paul chris got fired and graham mertz isn't there anymore absolutely so i get i get torn in between defending mertz for his position he was put into at the same time going uh he wasn't exactly what we needed yeah no and i look i Look, I plan to talk about Graham Mertz for like 10 minutes today. I didn't think I was going to take calls on Graham Mertz for an hour and a half. Like, I'm not trying to drag the guy. This is just kind of how the show is unfolded. Oh, I know. I know. Poor Graham I'd, Mertz. I'd love to drag him, and then half the time I go, ah, he didn't have the weapons. At the same time, Pretty Boy showed up, and we thought he was great, and he wasn't the best. So. Oh, my God. Well, appreciate you, old Clark Chris. I always love your tweets. Call whenever. Love having you. All right. Talk later. Yeah, Bye. Have a good weekend up in the CV, the Chippewa Valley. One more segment of the Wisco Sports Show coming up next, and then we'll say goodbye for the week. Stick around. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show last segment before we say goodbye go enjoy a three-day weekend fins up it's friday 
Uh, also, would recommend you listen to the live album Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays this weekend. Outstanding holiday album. Outstanding album, period, but hits especially hard on a three-day weekend. We got the Badgers back in action tomorrow. So if you're in Madison, stop by the Red Zone. Pre-game tailgate, Ebo and the Morning Show boys will be there. It'll be a good time. Brewers Phillies, if you missed our conversation with Ben Kenny, you need a little preview, a little eye on the enemy. I'll post the podcast in just a couple minutes right after 6 o'clock, so you can check that out. And then next week, we're previewing week one. We're talking Packers football. It's getting real. It's getting real. And also, Craig Tember. I mean, geez, we might have to talk about Craig Tember on Monday because we'll be three or four games into it already. Uh, and when I say Monday, I mean Tuesday because I ain't working on Monday. So uh, the Brewers start at 5.05. There will be an hour's worth of best of content. I maybe snuck the Paige Speronic documentary in one more time. So if you're listening on Monday, that is what you will hear. Have an awesome weekend. Go Brewers against the Phillies. Go Badgers. Enjoy the start of college football and enjoy the final weekend of summertime. Enjoy the three-day weekend. I'll talk to you Tuesday at 4. Alexa, can you...